0: Mario Scott, how you guys doing tonight?
1: You just stole Mario's job. Yeah, no, I know. I
0: um, he he sort of uh, delegated that to me tonight. He said he's trying to train people to be more like him. So,
1: how's that going for you?
0: Uh, it's not easy, man. Honestly, uh, being Mario is really difficult. Uh, a lot of people just want to uh, crap on me because I'm, you know, a big
1: Mario fan, but. See, Mario wasn't ready now, so now you you and I have to talk. Rand's here. That's fine. Good morning, Rand. Oh, shit. The need- whole
2: time, I I'm, I'm, I'm feel like an idiot. I'm just Michael talking. T- so for- Michael took your job. Himself. He just
1: jumped up I'd- and said, yo, like you do. Yo. No, he didn't really say yo, but, you
2: know. Yeah, I, I, I came on because my Bluetooth wasn't working. I came on. You guys are just sitting there chatting. I'm like, fuck, okay. I'm not needed anymore. And then I realized... I started he's saying Mario but he's talking so I started getting weirded out so I started speaking and I'm muted and I got even further weirded out because here I am being ignored I'm like am I dead and seeing things <laughs> seeing things from the outside uh, let me send out the invites
1: now you know how it feels to be your co-host all the time
2: <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I'm happy to mute and not talk it'll be a pleasure of mine. Uh, <laughs> let me let me send out the invites before we talk about why XRP will be the reserve
0: currency. Well, when you when I saw bricks, I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm gonna take a screenshot of this and send this to Doctor Dinesh and see what he's up to. He's, he's on a
2: flight. Start. Yeah, he's on a flight.
0: Oh, that's smart. To get... You did it, so he can't interrupt. I like that because he would get no, uh, yeah. I'm
2: trying to get I'm trying to get um, Stock Talk and uh, Jay special sits. They would uh, you know that that kind of lose their shit when it comes to bricks. And making sure that we all know it's a nothing burger which i'm getting less and less i was convinced but i'm getting I don't less think it's and a nothing less
0: burger convinced. mario i mean to be honest
2: i'm glad you're being honest <laughs> so scott jona uh to kick it off with uh ranz here as well um but just a market update especially the um uh, the thing i sent you in the group the um what was it the uh, you know me and technical analysis are not friends
1: Yeah, it was the fact that uh, Bitcoin is currently trading below both the daily and weekly 200 moving averages, which is only the second time in history. Uh, The first time was the three AC liquidations last June, basically. Um, It. Is I guess meaningful, right? Because uh, it it means that major supports have broken on two meaningful timeframes. But I will say, and this is something we've we've talked about in the past, the 200 MA on the weekly had effectively never been broken before that 3AC. So saying it's the second time, it's only the fourth time it's really been tested. Uh, So it's not the most compelling of data. But uh, the last time before 3AC that it had quote unquote broken was really just a long wick down in March 2020, of course with COVID, and then it was immediately. up above it uh, the next week. And at, between 3AC and basically FTX, we spent months and months and months below the 200 MA on the weekly, which had never happened. A lot of people just view it as a mean reversion. So now it is uh, resistance technically up ahead in the 27,000s. Um, whether that's a big deal or not, uh, hard to tell. But it, it, as I said, rarely below on the 200 and more often on the daily, but has never, except for that one time, uh, been below Both. And it, you know, both of them broke in that one five minutes of liquidations that happened last week uh, in that aggressive sell off.
2: Yeah, but doesn't it considering it's only happened a couple of times, it doesn't mean much. There's not much history behind it. it That's right.
1: I think it's one of those things uh, once again where we try to assign meaning either technically or fundamentally or via news of a move that just happened. And uh, we'll see, you know, uh, it could be those other times in history when it was tested we did you know close slightly below it for a week and then we're back above a week later so i guess we'll see what happens uh you know next week and we can start talking about it if it remains down i think below
2: Okay, and anything else? Just a quick market update. Anything else worth noting? Uh, I
1: mean, I think I know that the ETF decision Bitcoin is flat. Uh, we have we have a got a grayscale, uh, not an ETF decision technically, but a grayscale decision Perthens. with the courts at ten forty-five or as soon as ten forty-five or eleven this morning. But of course, we've been on spaces already three times, awaiting that decision and <laughs> yeah. had to get punted. So uh, could um, it get delayed you know, again? I'll, I'll remain uh, skeptical on that one, but that could cer- certainly it's come. It's a nothing this week. burger. Yeah, I think it's the bigger news. I mean, on. if you're looking at markets in general. You know, stocks, uh, whether some are starting to say maybe they've bottomed on this little correction, but if you're looking at 10 year Treasury yields, absolutely continuing to break out uh, to new highs. So there's just a lot to be, I think, worried about right now and skeptical about. Um, And then the inevitable conversation then is, you know, is Bitcoin uncorrelated or has it recorrelated in in some way to that? But, uh, Rand, you just said you think the Grayscale decision is a a nothing burger. Uh, Can you go deeper into why you think that?
3: Because what's the decision going to be? The decision is going to be you cannot decline the ETF for this reason. And then Grayscale would have to refile, and then they got 240 days again for the, S- for the, SC- for the SEC to make a decision. And that's, I mean, you know, so it, even if they win, it's not like you win and you now have to give them an ETF. It's win, and you can't decline them for this reason. Therefore, Grayscale must reapply and wait 240 days.
4: Yeah, I, uh, I, must, I, I think- agree
3: with that. I think the two biggest stories today I think the 10-year treasury yield is, is, is quite scary, because you know, if you're thinking about the banking system and you're thinking about the mismatch in durations of assets and liabilities, similar to Silicon Valley Bank, you know, when at these levels of, of debt, most of the banks are actually insolvent. You know, they, they, they won't mark it up in their balance sheets because they don't need to, but most of the banks are actually insolvent. Um, and that's, that's very, very, very scary, I think um and if interest rates continue to go up it becomes scarier and scarier and then i think the other bit of news is is this BRICS summit now i don't think that BRICs is going to you know today de-dollarize but i think that it is a bunch of very 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 strong nations faster growing nations in the g7 nations with less debt on their balance sheet as a result uh, less debt to gdp ratios um so technically stronger balance sheet nations um technically um Uh, coming together and, you know, talking about de-dollarization as one of the things. And I think, look, I don't think anything is going to happen today or tomorrow, and maybe not even in the next five years, but it it is a move in the right direction, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, but before we dive deeper into bricks, because obviously that's the main topic today, I just want to circle back on what you were talking about with grayscale, since we could see that in 20 minutes. I 100% agree with you that it's a nothing burger for grayscale. I, because um, a, like you said, they can just get rejected on different terms. Listen, there's people who think that this the SEC could use this as a reason to retroactively delist futures ETFs, you know, by by the same thing. But why I think it's meaningful at least is that the SEC has been dealt a number of whether you believe it to be true or not perceived losses from the from the legal system. I think they're just taking a beating from the legal system at the moment. You know, pushback here. There was pushback in the Voyager bankruptcy. Obviously, a lot of people perceive Ripple as a loss for the SEC. And so, I think the more the SEC loses, the less appetite they will have for litigation. And so, right now, I think it's just generally good news to see the SEC taking a beating. So a lot of people are cheering for that loss at the moment. I just think that, um, you know, I've said kind of quite a bit now that the that the SEC has largely Push too far in the wrong direction. The pendulum has just swung really far, and they start to get major pushback now. I think both from legislators and from the American people. And so I I just like that it might diminish their appetite for more uh, litigation. And Rand, do you think you're typing? Go ahead. Do you think that do you think that the SEC really
3: care about going into more litigation? I mean, they're using government money to 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 protect investors. I don't really think they give a shit about I think the perception is important. I mean, the
1: SEC has this reputation of never losing and they're just taking a beating from the crypto industry, which was supposed to be the easiest kill for them, I think. And I think mm. that it's just more importantly, I think if it starts to become politically unpopular to continue this anti-crypto uh, army you know, narrative, that maybe at least we can just get a bit of a lull here to get some decent re- uh, legislation without more of these ma- massive regulation by enforcement mm. actions. I think they're just overextended. I mean, they're fighting still Ripple. They're fighting Coinbase, fighting Binance. Is, they do not have infinite resources. Oh, yeah, they do. Come on, they can have
0: as many resources they, they as do. they
1: do. I was going to say, exactly. Scott, I, I
0: think you're spot on. I think one of the things they are doing, though, is, you know, government government agencies tend to over-regulate because it's always easier to step back. And so when, you, when you're when you facing a very uh, novel type of risk or a new market the easiest thing to do is to overregulate, evaluate the risk and then step back it's a lot harder to constrain after um you know a a new technology or new sector is taken off and so what i would expect for for the sec and any other government agency to do is say okay well let's evaluate the true risk that we're seeing from from any of these uh new you know new technologies obviously uh you know having uh you know, BlackRock and other, uh, you know, other other funds back them is a different thing. But but I, I agree with you. I, I think, you know what? I mean, yes, they've taken some hard hits, but it's not the first time they've lost. I mean, they lost against Elon a few times. I mean, uh, I think they take the, the the hit and they move on. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's just a lot easier for them to back off. I think they're looking for the risks. They're looking for where the real risks are. And when they find them, they're going to start uh, deregulating in areas that they don't think there's a lot of risk
3: yeah i think probably two other things that are worth talking about today um the bnb liquidation level has now come and gone bnb is trading at 207 there's a lot of speculation that this uh, protocol that was hacked um and has a liquidation level is well no speculation but you can actually see this the selling starting to happen a lot of people are are quite negative on bnb i think it may be an opportunity because a lot of people are equating bnb with ftx now I think you know the difference between Binance and FTX is you know I don't think that Binance is taking has debt uh, leverage debt against their tokens so I think that that may be uh, something and then the last thing I want to talk about today at some point is I've changed my tune on friends.tech yeah so I, I can I came in here very bullish yesterday about it it's um, trash then yesterday I tried to use it after the show and to be honest, that app is unusable, it number is one. It is trash. The other, thing which, the other thing which really irked me is I, I realized the revenue model. And the revenue model is very simple. When they sell a Scott Melker share, you're not buying it from Rand who owns a Scott Melker share. You They're issuing it. Buy share. it from them. Yes. So they're using influencers to raise capital for themselves. They're it's using brilliant. They're using the clout of influencers and the egos of influencers to raise more money, and they're giving the influencers a five percent fee for helping them raise the and money and increasing
1: supply. And, so I realized, and increasing supply each time, yeah, even on a sale.
3: So I realized that actually I was their, their marketing department, and my ego was their marketing department. And then I made an announcement that uh, that 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 uh, I think it's a scam. And I, I mean, it's not a scam. It's just I don't think it's obviously transparent.
1: It has zero value. Also, it just has zero value. I mean, you can't go in there. You so, can't so Scott gotten Ryan. What do
0: I do? Because I, I just sold my entire crypto portfolio to buy you two yesterday, and now you're telling me it's. I'm not spam, gonna tell so you anything. Well, I funded myself.
3: myself. I funded myself. I funded myself. I myself. So I, I, I mean, as soon as I as I tweeted about that my share price dropped. So actually, I ended up fighting myself. During
1: spaces yesterday, (laughs) and and like I wasn't like tracking, I went after and I I think I dumped, I apparently dumped myself 55 or 60% during spaces because I was so outright dismissive of it, which uh, by the way, we have breaking news here. In a shocking, really quick, Michael, in a very shocking news update, we will have no decision today on Grayscale versus the SEC. I know you guys were anticipating that today was going to be the day but it turns out the government is not fast or efficient. Um, so we will not be seeing that today. So that we can knock that narrative off the uh, docket until tomorrow.
5: So, Rand, I watched your show where you were uh, talking about the friends thing. I was like a mad scramble to, to get onto it because you're bullish. First of all, it told me I'd to update my operating system on my phone. That took an hour. Then I finally downloaded the app. Then I had to get an invite. So I finally found an invite. Then I got in, found the thing was unusable. So I had the same. Yeah, experience. not only that,
1: what what shocked me, Rand Marty, um, is that there's no terms and conditions, there's no privacy policy. It's really complex. You have to obviously like skirt the app store to get this thing on your home page because Apple is never going to list some stupid shit like this. Sorry for my uh, usage of French, but um, why do we call that French, by the way, when we say bad words? I don't I think, don't think that one's French. I think it's German, yeah, right? Shit, yeah. Anyways, but, um, and then, but what's crazy to me is that I didn't realize. I told you guys in the morning yesterday, I was like, I'm going to – you guys said, please sign up. Do your due diligence. I don't want you to have another Scott Melker comes in and screams into the void about things that are dumb that he hasn't even tried himself, right? And so I did it. I didn't realize that the minute I – effectively signed up or that anyone signs up, they have then tokenized themselves and the bots go immediately to work trading you. I thought I could just like passively hang out in the background and, and check it out and see what was going on there. But you become effectively their revenue model the second you even sign up, no matter who you are.
5: Yeah, the interesting things or I think it's a fantastic proof of concept. I hope they patented it because
1: somebody's going to jump on that fast. Somebody's going to take that. I, idea I don't think so because it. I think that uh, it's what can you? Ton, ton of unregistered Nothing. securities that uh, have no value. So yeah, yeah they
0: don't. What about the woman who was complaining? Though you, you know, Scott and Ryan. I mean, you, I mean, uh, Rand. Sorry, Rand. You guys are the ones who knows. There was someone that came out with a major tweet saying that this is a data leak and this is a yeah. I major mean, that, privacy th- that's violation. a bit of a
1: that's a bit of a misnomer because yeah, it's on a public blockchain. Yeah, I was sort of laughing. Uh, I'm effectively, like, Effectively, oh, somebody please. scraped the data. I don't think that you can call it a leak, but it does show you that there are privacy concerns. And if you don't use the right wallet, that this can be tied back. And as we discussed yesterday, even if you do it with a new wallet and all those things, eventually, if you decide to take that ETH out, it will be connected to a wallet probably that you have. So if, you know, Mario and I, I kind of laughed. At, I'm sure Ran would too. Everybody knows all of our addresses anyways. So maybe not a huge issue for us uh, because we have people up our ass looking for that. Twenty four seven, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a privacy concern. I think the bigger issue then also is that you apparently have given effectively FriendTech permission to post to your Twitter by connecting your account. Good times. How,
2: how, how do you how do you end up so my audio is back? I can finally hear again. How do you end up Welcome with FriendTech instead of right. bricks? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what went wrong? Uh, oh
1: no. Yeah, Rand said he wanted to talk about it real quick because he decided that it was an outright scam. And, of course, that uh, gave me the opportunity to tell him that I oh, agreed shit. with him that it's an outright Wait, scam. Hold on, hold on, Rand. You missed it, Mario. You don't say don't circle back. Oh, <laughs> I already I bought them Mario. No, already no, bought I, all, no, Mario.
3: No, no, Mario. Mario, the reason why I said it's a scam is because when they sell a share, they're just minting a new share of yours. And when they do, you get 5% trading fee, but 90% goes basically to the project. Um, so... It's basically a way to raise capital using the influence's egos. And I realize that, I mean, that, that's what they're doing. I, I don't think they've been that straight, straight up about it.
1: Yeah, it's it's a shady business model. Maybe Marty's right that there's some proof of, proof of concept there for social tokens. Well, but I think we've seen also, those uh, take a beating.
5: Also, nothing's for free, right? So when you're getting that kind of amount of Ethereum for pretty much nothing, you know there's probably some scam behind it. But anyway.
1: Sure. Um, I think we should Marty, I move to breaks. Uh, Go ahead, Marty. Sorry. Just
5: a quick update. It looks like Binance just nearly lost the port at 2.06. Um, so I'm watching that very carefully.
0: BNB. Yeah, BNB. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask really quickly your, your guys' feelings. I mean, uh, the S&P and the market movement today was generally driven by um, uh, NVIDIA and Tesla. I'm wondering your thoughts. You know, I mean, is the AI rally over? Obviously, NVIDIA really pushed the, uh, you know, the S&P up today, and Tesla finally broke their uh, – I think was like their longest uh, losing streak of uh, twenty 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 three. Um, your thoughts on that? Before we get over to Brick, just curious. Tomorrow,
3: tomorrow is the Nvidia results, and by my calculation, you know they have to deliver what the market's expecting. What the market's expecting is eleven eleven billion in revenue and two point oh seven per share. They better deliver that. And if they don't deliver that, then I think this Nasdaq can take a dump crazy dump
1: yeah i think the market really topped weeks ago and it's still going to be continuing down but maybe that uh we should we should pivot think, to the uh brick summit here i think it's going
3: i think it's going up scott i think i think we're going to see all-time highs this year on the nasdaq
1: oh i don't doubt that we'll see all-time highs uh this year just like i don't doubt that it's possible we see forty ish bitcoin i just think that uh with treasuries breaking out and things being what they are at the moment that we could see some more downside that's all so, so let's let's talk bricks. So I, I know we have uh, mixed opinions here. Um, Re- Mario pointed out the fact that he was in camp nothing burger and now is in camp maybe something burger, but not yet in something burger camp. Uh, I'm I'm pretty aggressively on the nothing burger side, but I would love let to. Let me give move you some. Nu- the- let
3: me give you some numbers. Let me let me give you some numbers. G seven uh, GDP forty four point nine trillion. BRIC's GDP, 27.5 trillion, before they allow in any new members. Amongst the new members that want to join are are countries like uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, the Emirates, Nigeria, Morocco, Kuwait, Egypt, Venezuela, Argentina. Now, if you look at the growth rate of the BRIC's nations since 2000 versus the the non-BRIC's nations, uh, the BRIC's nations uh, since 2000 at least four x the growth of the of the um, the G seven. If you look at the debt to GDP ratios of the G seven versus the BRICS countries, the BRICS countries have less than one third of the, ge- the debt to GDP on their
0: balance sheets. So, hey Rand, can we just our... say quickly for the, the listeners the BRICS?
2: Hold on, Michael. Just Michael, uh, two seconds. Just for the for the um, to add on to Rand's numbers. Can you hear me, Rand, Just to make sure the audio's good, it's still working. Yeah. To, yeah, to add on to Ran's numbers, and why I just don't think it's that it's, it's a it's a it's a nothing burger. Um, so you talked about the the GDP, the percentage of world GDP uh, of bricks is fifty four percent. That's with pp with purchasing power parity. Um, BRICS has a 50% of world of the world population. China and Russia are also two of the three biggest nuclear arms to have the the, the the biggest. So the top three biggest stockpiles of nuclear arms: number one is Russia, and number three is China. So top one and top three. And then if Saudi joins, then the BRICS will also have two of the three largest oil producers. Um, so just adding more numbers to what Ryan is saying. Any anything else we're missing, Scott? Oil. Well, I think good.
3: Oil is the biggest component of global trade in the world. Just for the, the, by the way, if you think about the biggest uh, factor to global trade in the world is oil. And if you look at the oil producing nations, which is, of course, which of course is is led by Saudi, if they join BRICS and they decide that they're settling oil transactions in currencies other than the dollar, then the biggest that means no but they can they can i mean if 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 they've already started as experiments and they could continue to do it now you can say good luck now and you know like i don't think the world's going to change in the next one or two years but i think if you look 10 years down the line it's a real threat to the dollar
1: i I think that's potentially fair Uh, why i'm dismissive of it is because i don't really believe the BRICS is a thing right? You can have a conversation about the success of emerging markets without saying that it's a consolidated do, effort that will concede. Do you believe from, that the G7 we'll,
3: is a thing? Do you believe that
1: the G7 is a thing? It's a long established thing that's in, in control. So yes, I do believe the G7 so is a thing. Is I don't, Bricks, but listen, I don't believe difference? that BRICS, first of all, First of but all, you, can't say, on, you, you can't, all,
2: can't say the relationship between China and, and India is the same as the relationship between correct. Western Europe and the correct. US.
1: India already – India is already as a part of BRICS that they would potentially back out because they don't want China to have control of BRICS and would not be comfortable necessarily de-dollarizing. My, my issue here with BRICS is, A, you're talking about a loose gathering of people with a single – thing that's, self-inter- that's self-interested, which is to get off the dollar, but no actual ties to one another in any other meaningful way. And a bunch, not all of them, but a bunch of dictatorial-led, potentially communist countries with leaders that are only worried about themselves who are not going to work together long-term. I mean, the, na- the notion that like... The Putins of the world are going to just, you know, submit control to a group of nations in the same way that like a G7 does just doesn't make sense to me. So I think when I say good luck, A, like try going off the dollar. They talk about trading the yuan. The yuan is pegged to the dollar. So that's complete and utter nonsense. Watch what happens if the yuan does not... uh, peg to the dollar and but you're saying but Scra- are you are you,
2: are you saying how, trying to get off the dollar alone is not a good enough reason for those alliances yeah, and my enemies, that's, enemies my common in-
1: yeah, that's right i think that's a single if they're only if the only point of BRICS is to be anti-united states it's not going to work right The but g7 that- has tons of common interest beyond just control of the dollar per se
6: it, you know, it's to not just a dollar though I mean you know, to so, underscore um, uh, you know Scott's point I think one thing we forget about is the term BRICS actually comes from like something from the early 2000s it was a Goldman Sachs economist who just put these you know put a funny little funny little acronym together and now 20 years later you know we're talking about them as you know a sort of a unit uh, I think we'll see a much more first off slow I think Rand was talking about it I mean it's going to take years and years uh, to develop um, but I, I do think that there are obviously changes coming in the world I mean in, in the recent BRICS summit there's reports that, um, you know, basically people are pointing to China, right? So, I mean, he's being hosted by South Africa. Um, Putin didn't come, which was uh, good for them because they didn't have to abide by any any uh, uh, sort of uh, mandates internationally to, to arrest him. But, yeah, in the back halls, people are just talking about, um, you know, yeah, China, China, China. Uh, and I think someone mentioned about India's sort of, reluctance to sort of embrace that. Uh, they call Africa second continent.
2: Eugene, yeah. can I ask you two questions? First, um, the first question is related to BRICS. The second one is how it relates to crypto. So the first question, can you define the difference between the, the, the partnership that G7 have versus BRICS? Um, and so that's the first point. And then the second point, how does this, why does this all matter when it comes to crypto? Because, because BRICS, and, and maybe you can touch on BRICS being not, back, not backed by gold, but reference to the price of gold, um, and whether that plays any role in, uh, in de-dollarization,
1: what that means and, for Bitcoin. And oh, before yes. Eugene goes, to add to that question, uh, there was this moment a few years ago when there was conjecture that BRICS would come together and form it, that their currency would be a cryptocurrency that they would utilize, not necessarily a CBDC, but some sort of common backed by
6: gold cryptocurrency that they would use as their reserve. Go ahead. DJ. Yeah, sure. Um, yes, yeah, super fascinating questions and, and commentary. I think the the interesting thing about uh, why they're different. The first off, the first thing is, if something's been established for a long time, so so there's kind of actually, it's a well studied academic, like sort of research talking about if you, if you have something that runs for a long period of time, that, you know, they'd be forward looking, uh, just statistically, just statistically, how, how much that they're going to last going forward, is, uh, you know, more likely, obviously, there's fundamental details in that it's almost like technical analysis, right? This is what people talk about with religions, right? So, you have know, had religion for a long time, and then how much longer it will it, you should expect it to go forward, um, you know, books, etc, certain books, um, I think the thing about or the question about, I, I'll, I'll say it like this, when you have like the nouveau riche, right, like, you know, you have somebody who's just kind of on their way up, and they're trying to get into certain clubs, uh, you know, let's say they're trying to go to the lo- local country club, it's not like, you know, there's a full transition, necessarily revolution, it's like people are trying to get into the country club, right? And G7 happens to be the country club. And you got, you know, Indian, China, and some others that have great fundamentals, uh, South Africa, I think, I think, I think struggles in, in some ways. I think there's other African nations we'd look to that are, uh, that have a lot better, uh, just overall fundamentals, but that's a different, uh, you know, go forward fundamentals. I mean, but we can talk about that part later, you know, and how it relates to crypto. I mean, of course the, the idea, of course, the, the, the part that people like about crypto is the idea that perhaps it can be the decentralized thing that can replace the dollar in the long run. The problem is it's, uh, you know, what do they say? It's like, uh, you know, Europe is a museum, you know, Japan is a nursing home, you know, um, uh, and uh, China is a, a what is it a dictatorship? And then uh, Bitcoin is an experiment, and so that's the that's the issue with it. But I think if if you see that Bitcoin be, were to become base money, right, or Bitcoin or some other cryptocurrency were to become base money instead of being you know being twenty five thousand a coin, you sh- it should be you know half a million plus per coin, right? If you were, if we were to just be like you know, let alone being gold, right? So gold is what ten trillion, um, you know, that's been around for thousands upon thousands of years as a store of value. Uh, i think you would see that uh you know i think that that's the idea around crypto that uh, and that some people certainly i have some thoughts and beliefs around this that it could be the basis for the next reserve currency in the way in which we all trade
2: well on that uh, same question um what would this all mean for 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 bitcoin because you in your buy you call bitcoin as a virtual gold Uh, i called it that in 2014 and so you've been you've been you know that narrative you've been you've been talking about it for a long time does the BRICS discussion and being the the price of the BRICS currency, if it ends up launching, being referenced to gold, does that have any impact on, on Bitcoin or, or cryptocurrencies at, at all? Um,
6: What's well, it's interesting. I mean, Ch- China's making its Hong Kong. Sorry, I was going right, to like, uh, so yeah. go to Willem, Eugene. Sorry. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, go for it. Willem.
2: All good, man. All good.
7: Yeah, well, that's a great question. I think the most important thing from. Um, From this point of view, you know, the start of the BRICS, this has all to do with geopolitics. It's more more about geopolitics than it's about um, what will happen from a monetary point of view. And, of course, um, we've seen since the start of the war in Ukraine, we've seen 140 countries not willing to join the Western sanctions against Russia. So there's something uniting um, these countries. And and if you look at the map, all countries in the middle America, Latin America, Africa, uh, Middle East, and most of Asia didn't join the Western sanctions. So they're fed up with the West. They're fed up with our double standards. They're fed up with our hypocrisy. So this is a huge geopolitical uh, change. And, and, and of course, we can all ask all these questions: What will happen to the dollar? What will, will be the effect on the Western economies? But one thing is certain: and For all people ignoring this BRICS revolution, or actually, I'm working on a new book. It's called "The BRICS Reset." Um, well, you, you can you can ignore this, but when you have over 7 billion people living in countries not willing to follow the West anymore. <laughs> that's something you can't ignore. If you keep ignoring that, you're, you're just an arrogant. <laughs>
2: but there's been, but Willem, yeah. William, the, the, the term the great reset or the resetting this, resetting that has been used decade after decade. And no, the US dollar still has 60% mean, no, of the world no, currency.
7: No, that's wrong. I, I wrote the big reset in 2013. Nobody was talking reset in 2013. People ask me what 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 do you mean with the big reset? It nobody was talking about it. It's just the last few years that everybody's is talking reset, and we see resets everywhere. Maybe you're familiar with the book uh, by Neil Howe, the fourth turning. That every 80 years you have this change in in systems. You have this change in in in. In, in in the mood of 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 well of the world one could say and we entered this phase in which so many things will change and and, and the problem is when you're in the forest you're surrounded by the trees and you don't see the forest anymore you don't see the size of the forest and that's what happens now we're all in the market we're all looking at crypto we're all looking at gold and you don't see the big picture but the reset is already here, guys. I live in. Europe.
2: But what does so? So, William, so, so, I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you. So, so, what does that mean? So, linking it back to Bitcoin, if this continues, if de-dollarization continues, if what happened in Ukraine and how the U.S. just froze Russia's U.S. dollar reserves, um, and the fee that created, um, uh, the weaponization of the U.S. dollar is playing a key role in 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 the potentially the BRICS currency and all this movement against the, the U.S. dollar being a reserve currency. So, if that does continue. Um, it sounds bullish to Bitcoin. It's, you know, we're talking about gold, the price being referenced to gold, potentially some currencies or, or, or more countries are hoarding more gold. Could Bitcoin start to take a, a bigger piece of that, uh, that pie? No, no, no. And
7: it, you, you, you asked uh, the wrong question. Yeah, you, sure. you asked the wrong question. And I understand you want to know what will happen to Bitcoin because you are all invested in Bitcoin like I am invested in Bitcoin. But it's not about Bitcoin. It's not the right question. What will happen? The BRICS will try to de-dollarize. They already started. I live in Europe. We need Russian oil and gas. We don't get Russian oil and gas anymore. Why? Because uh, Putin said, we we will still deliver oil and gas to you, but you have to pay in rubles, in gold, or in Bitcoin. Well, the Western countries denied that request, and then you know, Putin didn't want to send over his energy anymore, and then U.S. blew up Nord Stream. But what will happen to the? Uh, what will be the result of this huge fight between the BRICS alliance and and the Western alliance? There will be more competition for the dollar. Uh, we will see more de-dollarization. That will put this will put pressure on the international monetary system, especially on the on the Western system. I think this will be very beneficial to gold and commodities, read everything mm-hmm. Zoltan Poza has written about this. He's, he's the Credit Suisse, former Credit Suisse analyst. He was right. He called this the start of Bretton Woods 3.0, a move to a new monetary system coming from the East centered around gold and commodities. And since Bitcoin is digital gold, that's how I coined it in 2014, since digital uh, Bitcoin is digital gold, I think Bitcoin will also benefit. But uh, the BRICS won't start using Bitcoin as a currency. But Bitcoin is just an alternative currency being used, you know, to to flee. So
2: it will bene- so benefit. It will benefit from the narrative, and Nick, I want to go to you, I want to go to yeah. David, then to you, Nick, uh, but it will essentially benefit from the narrative of a, of a, of a reserve asset that's not the US dollar, or, or, so, so I want to go to David, David, I have a feeling you'll make the counter argument to this, I could be wrong, I'd love to get your take before going to Nick.
4: Yeah, uh, I'll go ahead and make the argument to Bricks and anybody else that wants to go ahead and fight with the u.s dollar go ahead and bring
2: it. any any chance to david <laughs> any chance to before you say go ahead and bring it uh, and I, I saw your photo all bruised up in the face a few days ago so when you say this you know kind of take it seriously do you mind william i'm gonna mute your mic william just because you got uh, i think you're eating so you got background noise um david is there any chance you can improve your mic uh before i'm muting again i'm gonna do it I'm gonna, I know give, me, right. give
0: me a second i'll give it a try hold
2: yeah sure no worries at all i think you're taking off the bluetooth i appreciate it by the way, Scott did you see David's picture from a few days ago I should probably nope, send it to you. No but I'm
1: currently scrolling his uh Yeah I I do I do says, hey, <laughs> got a picture of your face beat up I bro he was completely
2: destroyed his face I don't know what from he did what? he says he fell I don't know he says he fell but it sounds like shit to me fell a on car Best. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> David are you there? Uh <laughs> right, we're going to go to, to Nick Ah oh, 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 perfect yeah your mic is perfect yeah beautiful Okay, so I'm going so to per- get the photo first now. Of all,
4: first of all, the Go picture, ahead. thankfully, is a couple of weeks ago. It's a couple of weeks old now. Uh, and it was uh, a terrible uh, cycling accident. Uh, awful. Uh, I, I do a lot of cycling. And uh, I, I kissed the car at about 20 miles an hour. I don't know how f- fast the car was going. Uh, had a concussion, blacked out, and woke up three and a half hours later in the emergency room. Thankfully, my wife was next to me. Uh, and I'm all, oh my God, now. this photo. Uh, but it, it was uh, it was insane. I've never had an accident like this in any of it. And I remember nothing, right? I was totally black. Yeah,
2: out, and you sent me, and you sent me, you sent. oh, there, I found it now. And you sent me that photo. I just saw it. Oh, my God. Yeah, he, he sent it to me as a reply to a tweet or something. I don't know what the tweet is, but he kind of oh, the it out. The,
4: the, the tweet, I'll tell you what the tweet was. The tweet was about the, the Zuckerberg versus Musk fight.
2: Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, that was a while ago. I,
4: I said, I already fought. I'm out. So in any yeah, way, yeah um, so so,
2: to yeah, get, so back to the bricks you said bring it the, on
4: can you elaborate I said I said bring it on okay first of all I'm all for everybody going ahead and you know wanting their independence uh, and sure go for it I, I think um, you know look I, I'm a patriot in terms of the United States I, I believe this country I, I am a U.S. citizen um, I believe the country you know provides the greatest opportunities there are out there and our currency has been the strongest you know, for a very long time now, you know, solid 100 years, I'd say. Um, and I think it will go ahead and continue because of the checks and balances that we have going on in this country. Um, I don't think, you know, the cast of characters that make up the bricks can agree on anything except for hating the United States, maybe. Um, and that's okay. And again, bring it. I think, I think, the comp- I think by the way, the, the competition will be good for the United States because it'll, be, it'll require the U.S. to coalesce Around a um uh a a, a vision and aim a strategy and frankly we're missing that right now in our Congress uh, and frankly you know amongst the electorate of the United States so I think in terms of look I put finance first and foremost before politics before lots of other things I am paid to go ahead and make people money and that's what I do on a day in, day out basis uh try to make people money and I think that. If we were to go ahead and get some competition versus the U.S. dollar that was serious, I think U.S. markets would go ahead and organize themselves in a meaningful way. I think Congress would. I think the the citizens of the United States would. And I think it would be good at the end of the day to get our shit together uh, here in the U.S. because there's a lot that's messed up um, and we would need to go out and fight against it.
2: So, so linking it back, I appreciate the counter counter take to the, to the discussion, but I want to link it back, Nick, to to your thoughts on what that means for Bitcoin and, and kind of focus more on crypto, crypto in general.
8: I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And yeah, I do believe that Bitcoin will be part of the world reserve currency allocation going forward, but it's more in an asset sort of way. It's not necessarily in a currency usage way, the way that the dollar is used. So I want to separate the argument about, dollarization and BRICS a little bit. I think they are actually different issues here where both, are, both exist at the same time in that the BRICS have a huge portion of global GDP and they are going toward and want to do more trade outside of the dollar system. That is definitely the case. And even with the great point about China and India not necessarily being very friendly and wanting to be some part of some unified body. Uh, I think that that was an excellent point there. But even despite that, you have this block of countries that wants to do more trade outside of the dollar. But with that being said, the dollar isn't strictly a U.S. geopolitical tool. It's actually mostly a banking tool. And so who controls the dollar? The credit creation system in the dollar is done by banks, and it's both done onshore and offshore. So We haven't even mentioned the euro dollar system, which is the offshore dollar system. That system that exists around the world, that's the decision of banks. That's not a geopolitical strategy by the U.S., the U.S. military or the G7 even. That is a banking instrument and one that has evolved over the last seven, you know, seven decades or so. And that isn't going away and it's not transforming into any, euro cny system meaning an offshore chinese yuan system that's developing around the world in that banks are doing credit creation I- offshore in one or some imaginary bricks currency that's maybe backed by gold or some commodity basket so i take a big challenge with that the bricks is going to form a unified currency of any sort or even go toward the chinese one away from the dollar but that's a different issue than whether geopolitically these countries are aiming to do more trade outside of the dollar system and the math is that close to 90 percent of all global fx transactions have the dollar on one side of it and that again it's not a geopolitical thing that is a banking phenomenon that is multi-decades in the works and so that but, system uh, isn't just but- going away quickly it's not going to be replaced by Bitcoin from a currency system standpoint, and it's not going to be replaced anytime soon by China's currency or a BRICS currency or a gold backed BRICS currency. That is not going to happen. So Bitcoin will continue to attract value as a store of value, as an apolitical currency, as a digital gold, but it won't become this digital. Uh, dollar uh, system that we see today with repo the collateralized borrowing the plumbing system all the things that make the dollar so entrenched that is not going to be rebuilt by the BRICS and it's not quickly going to be rebuilt by bitcoin bitcoin will attract value because it's an apolitical asset
2: but nick what what i'm confused is that the narrative makes a lot of sense the ukraine war happens the us uh... It weaponizes the dollar, and uh, there's a faster shift. Again, the BRICS currency has been in, in the works for what, s- almost two decades, like seventeen years, um, but it's accelerated since the Ukraine war. So the narrative makes sense, and the Bitcoin still there. Bitcoin still solid. Um, And it's getting more and more adoption. So my question to you is a very difficult one to answer. Why isn't reality? Why aren't prices? Because prices reflect reality, at least in my opinion, they reflect reality to a certain extent. Why aren't prices? Why isn't the US dollar taking a hit? Why is it still doing so well? Why is Bitcoin not hitting new all-time highs despite this narrative, despite what happened with the Ukraine war, despite this whole discussion about the de-dollarization? What more is it going to take? How many more years? Or is it ever going to happen? It's in an echo chamber.
8: It's It's about relative risk. And so when you compare the dollar, what are you comparing it to? You're comparing it to other currencies, which in today's system, this banking system, all currencies are derivative of the dollar. It's the other side of the FX transaction from the bank's perspective that makes the price. So all currencies are derivative of the dollar. So in risky situations, capital will flee toward the dollar and i know that treasury rates are going up as the prices are going down but global bonds are mostly coming down also so it in a in a system where where treasury prices are going down significantly the dollar isn't losing value relative to other currencies why is that it's a relative risk game and why isn't bitcoin going to the moon because first of all bitcoin cycles we see that it 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 does cycle every 4 years or so and it is in the tail end of a bear market here and so it doesn't have the wind behind its sale and the real rates in the united states at two percent at multi-decade highs is choking off what other people are willing to invest in on a relative basis where they look at two percent real rates in the united states and they look at other risk adjusted returns and they're they're saying that it's not worth it and we all of these things are supporting the price of the dollar relative to other currencies.
2: So, so, Nick, before going to March, one more question. If you're looking at gold, uh, Bitcoin being uh, a digital alternative to gold or digital gold, why is gold so close to all-time highs where Bitcoin is half what it was at all-time highs?
8: Well, uh, gold is actually at a similar level to when it reached during the fear, great, you know, fear during the great financial crisis where it hit about 2000. So gold is actually, even though it's close to all-time highs, it hasn't gone anywhere during the life of Bitcoin. Bitcoin is as old as that last gold all-time high, so it's not necessarily a great comparison apples to apples there. But um, but 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 Bitcoin. Listen, Bitcoin does experience seventy-five percent plus drawdowns every four, three to four years, and um, we are still coming off the back of that. So um, you know, it's impossible to know when Bitcoin is going to rise relative to its cycle. But I think that the potential growth in Bitcoin relative to gold is astronomical. I mean, I think most people in here see it as an asymmetric sort of uh, situation when comparing Bitcoin to gold. And and so even though uh, it's way off of its all-time highs, it doesn't mean that it can't um, you know exceed them.
2: And uh, Marty, I'd, I'd love to give you the mic because I know you tried to jump in earlier before going to Michael David, oh, yeah. and Eugene things. Yeah, guys, I mean,
5: first of all, I travel the world and you have to understand everywhere you go, you're going to get a different opinion on BRICS. Um, in the US, you're going to get a strong defense of the, of the dollar. And yeah, it'll never happen. And uh, go ahead, try it, buddy. And if you go to anywhere else in the world, then it's the opposite story. It's like, we've got to get off the dollar and uh, you hear the reasons why. So I think once again, the vacuum chamber and the narratives are very different. Um, From the South African perspective, I'm very fortunate to have an uncle who works with Ramaphosa, so I have direct input on why South Africa joined BRICS and why why they want BRICS. And you have to understand, firstly, that this is about China and Russia, guys. It's a China and Russia-led movement. The goal of BRICS is to remove the euro and petrodollar. Um, People aren't aware that the euro and petrodollar are a derivative of the dollar, an extension of the U.S. uh, central bank banking system, Basically, just ledgering every single transaction globally through the, the U.S. Central Bank and then settling it later in foreign currency or commodities or whatever. But charging tremendous interest, that's extremely inefficient, and they weaponize it. And I don't think Americans are aware of how weaponized that system is. These are countries that need these commodities to stay alive, like uh, the gentleman mentioned earlier. So you have to look at BRICS as a replacement for the euro and the petrodollar system. It's not, it's not looking to replace retail payments, currencies, localized commercial payments. Uh, those will all be handled by local currencies and CBDCs, and every country will do it differently. BRICS is intended to try to de-dollarize for international trade and settlement. And that's pretty much a strategic initiative by China and Russia. And I can get into it in depth. I can tell you exactly why I believe Bitcoin will be chosen for the international settlements and trade for Brits uh, was valid arguments. Um, I don't think anybody's even aware because the US media won't tell you, but yesterday, this is yesterday, Alvira Nabila of the Bank of Russia, she's the chief of the Bank of Russia, made the following statement. Russia plans to mine Bitcoin for cross-border deals.
1: That was months ago.
5: Okay, well I've got the
1: article from yesterday. <laughs> I love Scott. Uh, to, I'm not jumps to be rude. I'm, No, no, I, I wasn't. I mean, no, but you it's still. You, you did, you yeah, did. Oh, you didn't but, bring it
2: up, <laughs> no, but still um, pretty interesting. Hold on, hold on. But, but what do you, 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 but Matthew, I'll go back to. You, but what do you make out of this, Scott? Since you know about it already.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that that's any indication that BRICS is going to do it. I think it's wise of them to theoretically make it a central bank asset. But it was more the original announcement was that they were going to. Um, effectively take over. There's a lot of mining in Russia. And to, to some degree, this might be kind of uh, taking over that mining with the government. Um, but yeah, it was big news a few a few months ago that basically went unnoticed, as Marty aptly put it in the United States, or purposely underreported, I think is a better uh, assessment of that, that their central bank will effectively be mining it. And they, they've already said that, uh, you know, they would allow uh, the usage of Bitcoin for cross-border payments and things like that. But I think like, you can't make a huge deal out of it because it's just them testing little things that could potentially slowly over time get them off the dollar. But, yeah, that, that was not news yesterday, for sure.
5: With the perspective from the South African government, um, the biggest problem that the world has with the U.S. right now is pretty obvious. And that is that they have orchestrated an, inf- an infinite money printer. Um, the problem with an infinite money printer is you can create an undefeatable military. And we know that. So using an infinite money printer, they've created an undefeatable military, which now gives them the right to weaponize the dollar, mm. sanction moral and ethical punishments, the ESG impositions, etc. Control SWIFT, uh, which everyone knows. SWIFT is used for all international payments and settlements. But
2: guys, but this seems this seems like such a long way away. Like, I think everything we're discussing now, I just don't, don't see well, – I
5: don't more- know. All, it's all pending imminent global margin calls. Okay. Also, Americans are not aware of this, but uh, you can go watch someone like Heresy Finance YouTube. There's a lot of people right now putting in this content. The the the, the euro and petrodollar system are at risk for a mar- massive global margin call with the rising. Let me, uh, let, let, let
2: me let me let me go to Michael and David again, Margie, just to kind of balance it Perfect. out. Uh, Michael, I know there's a lot been said here. I'd love you to jump in. You've had your hand up for yeah. a while, and then we'll go to David
0: so we I think we really we really need to just take a step back for a second. I know a lot of the audience probably doesn't even know what BRICS is. So BRICS is a group of nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa that would like to create a payment clearing system and potentially a reserve currency or a a store of value to transact in. So there's two distinct issues that are occurring here. One is a way to transfer value. So SWIFT was mentioned. Um, you know, SWIFT is the de facto international standard to move value. And the three major operating centers for SWIFT are based in the Netherlands, they're based in Virginia in the United States, and they're based in Switzerland. There's also a, um, a sort of operations center um, in Hong Kong, but but generally speaking, they're controlled by um, allied countries. And so there's two issues. One of them is a lot easier to solve than the other. The easier one to solve is replacing dollar clearing or providing a mechanism to move dollars without using SWIFT. So the United States has traditionally weaponized SWIFT. It's, it's a lot harder to weaponize dollars. I mean, you have dollars in your pocket. Uh, If you can move them, it's really hard to say, well, those dollars are not valid. But what the United States has traditionally done is weaponized the payment platform to move dollars or move any currency, for that matter, which is SWIFT. And so for me, the first thing that BRICS is trying to accomplish is say, hey, you know what? We can't replace the reserve currency or we can't replace the de facto store of value. But what we can eat, what we can more easily do, and this is still not easy, but more easily do is replace the actual mechanism to move those dollars, i.e. dollar clearing. So it's a lot easier to say, okay, well, instead of going through Swift and saying that I just moved a million dollars to Mario, I can use my own network to do that, which would be the BRICS network. I mean, of course, um, you know, Russia has a network that they're trying to put up um, as well later down the road. I think there'd be the idea of, OK, well, after we have an idea, after we have a way to transact value, and I th- think the dollar will still maintain the de facto standard of value for quite some time because you have to realize there's very intricate and very complex relationships with commodities, FX rates, um, you know, contracts that are, that are 20 years out that are delineated in U.S. dollars. So this isn't an easy thing to do. But what you can do is change how do you actually transact those dollars. So phase one for me is okay, eliminate Swift in Brick's mind and use do dollar clearing through an alternative network like bricks. Phase two would be okay, after we have proven that we can transact value outside of Swift, then we look at an alternative reserve currency, be it a a, a bricks manufactured currency, be it a. a A commodity, uh, you know, or a hodgepodge of Ethereum and Bitcoin and something else, but that's way down the road. Um, And so there was commentary here, like, okay, well, why, why is the dollar maintaining its its prominence, or why, why are people still buying the dollar? And it's twofold. It's not just because of the flight to quality, which um, the gentleman alluded to before. Flight to quality occurs when there's, uh, you know, global unrest. The United States dollar has always been the de facto flight to quality, but it's also because most of governments are not engaged in as hawkish like behavior as the United States. And you may say, Oh, well, United States, you know, they're only gone 25 bips up. Well, go look at China who is probably going to have to cut interest rates or even potentially go zero or negative to get people to promote, promote, promote stimulus. Um, and so I just wanted to take that step back because I think a lot of people are like, Oh, well, bricks is a currency. Yes, it could become one, but I think the biggest issue and the biggest thing that's trying to be addressed is the weaponization of dollar clearing, not of dollars. Yes, the, the point was made that, yes, no, the United yeah. States can print dollars. but
2: No, no okay. uh, yeah, we've got our hands up if, if we can jump in. If you I don't put mind. my hand up, <laughs> Yeah, me too, me up. too. Michael, every, put our hand yeah. up, <laughs> yeah. if you don't yeah, mind.
1: If anybody wants to uh, look up the def- definition of mansplaining – we just got, we just got mansplained.
0: Yeah, no, sorry. I'm just trying to keep it like simple because I don't think a lot of people understand the complexities behind this. Sorry for all you guys that are super sophisticated. Uh, I, I think know Scott, uh, Scott are... I
2: think, I think, I think he muted you, Scott. I think he muted you. Oh
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm back. I'm back.
2: He's I'm using his host powers. And I was just messing with you, Michael. Um, uh, Scott, do you have a question? Because you still have your hand up, or do you want, do you want to go to? No, digital? I no,
1: I just wanted to put my hand up because I thought it was funny. We should go digital. Yeah. Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Digital,
2: digital uh, hold on, Michael. Can digital speak? You know, yeah, you sorry, I, I
0: just want to sort of a rampage, but I. No, I oh, just, good.
2: I oh, good, man. We're, we're, we're messing up. with you, man. Don't don't take it too seriously. Go ahead, digital.
9: Okay, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, I just want to pull back to the macro because I thought Scott said something early on that made a lot of sense to me. Is it's really a, a hard notion to imagine that some of these countries like China and, and inside of BRICS will wanna give up some of their personal power to work together as a unit. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done there. But if I could, I just wanna go macro because I do believe it is a separate issue between uh, BRICS and the de-dollarization. If we just take a second, you know, this isn't the first time we've seen de-dollarization for the USD. Uh, You go back to 1984 in the Plaza Accord, there was a de-dollarization that happened in 1984.
2: So this what is was it? what was time. it? What was it? Yeah, digital. What, what happened in 1984? I'm actually
9: curious. It was called the Plaza Accord. It was actually the de dollarization. It was actually the dollar being reduced and devalued. And it was then that was done at the Plaza Accord. That's why or where it got its name. So this is not the first time the that we've That's exactly right. And this is not the first time that we've seen that happen. So if we just but why would it,
2: Sorry, I ask can I ask a dumb question, digital? Sure. Um, because the Plaza Accord is, is France, West Germany, Japan, the UK, and the US to depreciate the US dollar in relation to the French franc. So the US was involved in, in intentionally depreciating the value of the dollar relative to other currencies, including the, that was in 1885, Japan, Germany, and France, and the British sterling as well. What what triggered that? Because that's because this one, the US is, is complicit in this, different to now where there's countries doing it. Uh, without the U.S.'s consent, without the U.S.'s involvement?
9: Well, I think that's my larger point is that I think it's a bit of a misnomer to think that the U.S. is not complicit in this. I think if you look at the situation at hand, how, how is it that we're all in a Twitter space and we realize there's a problem, but the U.S. government doesn't? You know, I think just because you're not hearing from a podium that the U.S. is recognizing the problem doesn't mean that they don't understand that there is one. If I could just bring ourselves current to where we are today and you look at the macro problem, what is the problem? It's obvious that countries don't want to continue using the U.S. dollar because of the implications of how it hurts them through trade and usage. But if you go to the notion of understanding what Brian Brooks, the former Office of Comptroller of Currency, just said days ago, the U.S. in the last 20 20 years – The U.S. dollar has slipped from 73% dominance to 58% dominance. And we're fastly and rapidly approaching a cliff. But we have room at that 58% dominance to be able to absorb any shock that we need to the system to make the transition to whatever we're going to do. So now you have a couple issues at hand. If you look at the issues at hand, what you're looking at is you're looking at the dollar went from the 70s or before the 70s on a gold standard, then ditched it, and Kissinger put us on the petrodollar agreement. Well, who's looking at potentially joining BRICS? It's Saudi Arabia, which honors the petro agreement, which gives the US dollar its elevated status as a global reserve currency. If that begins to go away and Saudi Arabia joins BRICS, I'm not saying it's going to happen in 24 hours. What I'm suggesting is, is you will see a paradigm shift take place if they join BRICS, because you can't serve two masters. What does Saudi Arabia get for honoring the petrodollar agreement? They get military protection. So if they begin to trade in other currencies, it is an actual physical acknowledgement that they're no longer participating in that agreement to the way it was structured. So then you have to ask yourself, what will be the next opportunity for the United States to shore up the US dollar underneath of it? Because at the end of the day, whether you're in bricks or whether you're somewhere else in the world, you are holding the best asset in your portfolio and it's still U.S. Treasury bonds. And bonds are the backbone to the monetary system. So we are at a point that I believe a transition has to happen. The question is, is what will be the next thing to replace the petrodollar agreement to shore up the status of the U.S. dollar so it can continue to function and exist the way it does without dealing with the spillover shocks of many dollars coming back home through the dollar valuation. I appreciate you guys, thank you.
2: That's right, can someone, Ido, uh, maybe you can answer this one before going to David. David, sorry to take too long to, to go to you. Just want to get Edo's uh, thoughts on this point. Um, if you look at the BRICS nations, let's look at China, Russia, India, Brazil, South Africa. Um, What's their stance on Bitcoin? Because I know China, everyone knows what China's stance is, it's not the best, but it's improving. Russia's relatively cautious. Uh, India is not too positive either. Brazil uh, and South Africa are probably the more positive ones, but they're the smaller members of BRICS. Um, Just curious on on whether that means anything. Edom?
10: It's for me, Sorry, I was a bit confused. Can I go ahead? Yeah,
2: you can, yeah, Edward.
10: Oh, thank you. Well, I'm located in Europe, guys, and I think I was paying attention for this discussion before when many people were saying that... um, it was considered a conspiracy theory that we're gonna have a global reset. And just like many conspiracy theorists were right in the last, uh, let's say 12, uh, 24 months, I think there has been a time. And let me make this very clear. I don't want anyone to be shocked with what I'm saying here, but if you go back on time, like five, 10 years ago and you go and you do some research on the global reset, it comes out as a conspiracy theory. And actually, right now you have entities like the World Economic Forum who are actually uh, putting out videos for everyone to see. So I do believe uh, there will be a, actually a reset. And we have, for example, Rose Rios, who, who she has signed the $100 bill. Well, Rose Rios said that there will be some sort of event that uh, will be painful and there will be also a shock for the global economy. And I think a lot of people are not paying attention because uh, before the uh, in 2019, the World Economic Forum has made an event which was called 201. And for anyone who's interested, you can actually do uh, some research about it. But they just predicted a whole scenario of what's going to play out in in the global economy. And what I want to bring out for this is that uh, the same entity, which is the Global Economic Forum, they have now uh, made a new event similar to 201, which is called the cyber polygon, and they are actually predicting uh, a global cyber attack. And I would like to discuss with you guys, how do you guys think this can How's, play out? how because But, but, but,
2: believe... but you know, Edwin, how are we talking about cyber attack now? I don't know how that relates to crypto.
10: Well, I, I will come to crypto if you allow me to finish my point. I'm just coming to, to say here that this could be the trigger event that might be the the great beginning for the great reset. That's the point I'm trying to make and that's all related to BRICS as well. Okay, and can you define, so so I'm glad you made that point. How do you define the great reset? I think that comes out as an economical reset and one of the aspects that might be uh, playing a role is that we could see the US dollar as a currency losing its hegemony as we were talking before.
2: Okay. And then the U.S. economy, obviously, the the, the BRICS, uh, uh, BRICS uh, partnership getting stronger, the BRICS potentially coming up with a replacement.
10: The point I'm trying to make here is that what I see here is that these events are now on steroids. What we use it to say was a theory 10, 20 years ago. Now there is a macro scenario that's going to speed up the process of dollarization. We can have some trigger, just like we had uh, the pandemic, COVID-19, something completely unexpected coming and changed the the global economy. We can see the same thing happening, for example, with a global cyber attack, and that can actually be the trigger for events like the dollarization. That's a great topic. Yeah, yeah. Now,
2: with you, and then what happens, if that does happen, what happens to crypto then? If the Great Reset happens, um, obviously, everyone's looking for new reserve assets other than the US US dollar and US, uh, US assets. Would... Crypto would Bitcoin be one of those potential alternatives in your opinion?
10: Uh, I do believe I don't want to point out any specific coin, either it's if it is, let's let's just, or... let's just yeah, Bitcoin,
2: let's keep it a Bitcoin, I think. Yeah,
10: yeah, people. Uh, well, I have the Bitcoin logo on my profile yeah. picture, but yeah, I saw because it because that... I lost a bet. Oh, okay, actually, okay. I, I...
2: What was what was your bet? What was the bet that you lost?
10: Uh, my bet was that XRP would actually hit $10 after the SEC lawsuit was over. Actually, it's not fully over yet, but we, we got a major decision that's not a security. So I actually had to comply and change the, the picture for the good. But, uh, well, I'm not against Bitcoin. I'm just an XRP enthusiast. and uh, But it's not the topic of, of what I say now. I was just wanting to, to discuss with you guys because I think we're all here bringing puzzles. It's like a big puzzle and we're trying to... To figure it out, how it's going to play. I don't have the the answer for everything. I'm just pointing out that I do believe there will, t- there will be a global event that can ch- uh, change the way that the countries are making the transactions within uh, cross-border payments, for example. It's also a huge topic.
0: David, go ahead. Mario,
10: can, I, can I just really
0: quickly just finish? I'll finish my and I'll shut up. But, but I want to directly address your question, which is yes, I think Bitcoin will be the de facto standard um, if BRICS were to adopt something. And here's why. And just really quickly, and then I will not say anything else because um, I know I've been uh, mansplaining way too much. But here's the thing. The whole goal is to get off of a, of, a, of a currency backed by one government, right? And so if you were to use any currency or any, any sort of uh, uh, synthetic currency generated by this organization called you know, called BRICS, it would be controlled by some political standard. There's only one cryptocurrency that probably has sufficient market capitalization and sufficient, um, you know, market efficiencies to actually withstand. And, and don't get me wrong, Bitcoin's still manipulated, but withstand sort of government intervention and be a store of value for transacting massive quantities of payments. And that is Bitcoin. If you're trying to get rid of the dollar, you don't want to go invent another currency that's controlled by a political entity. You want to use something. That is a store of value that's easily transactable, that has a proof of value that can be uh, on a ledger and auditable. And so for me, if and when the BRICS countries are looking to find a new store of value, um, Bitcoin to me is the obvious solution. I mean, it's the only other solution other than potentially gold or silver or, or some of the precious metal. But again, if you're using those precious metals, how do you move them around? Well, now you're talking about using third parties again. The whole purpose of this is to get off of those traditional asset exchanges. And so for me, Bitcoin is the obvious answer to transact large sums of value in a transparent way with the least manipulation possible. Yes, it's still manipulable. But as the market cap increases and as Bitcoin price continues to appreciate, it'll be harder and harder and harder for countries to intervene and influence it.
2: So we've made a lot of speakers, and David, this is where I need you to jump in, because a lot of everyone's making an argument like the the de-dollarization is a thing, it's just a matter of when. Now, obviously, when is it in 100 years, in 10 years, it gets a bit tricky. But I think everyone's talking, is going to be in our lifetime. Um, And BRICS is one solid contender. In general, that's a good thing for Bitcoin and and potentially crypto in general, as a store of value. Um, David, can you tell us why? And then Eugene, I'll give you the mic to kind of give us final thoughts. But David, can you tell us why this is all... Potentially just another facade of of uh, hope that won't materialize. Right. So let, let let me jump in. I I know i mentioned this on uh, at
4: least two spaces before, but it's worth reminding people and and speaking to the audience. It's not on some of some of the other stuff. Is that you know we we could talk in theory here about what the pros and cons are, and certainly all the forces. That are at work in the macro economy for something like this to happen but there's one case in point going on right now which is on in argentina argentina has not been a particularly close friend of the united states as a matter of fact they recently took a very large line of credit from china in order to go ahead and help them bridge the payment that they needed to make to the imf um, in terms of their debt deal with with the imf um, they, they recently held their primary elections the Leading candidate out of the primaries uh, was a, is a libertarian by the name of Javi, Javier Millet. Uh, he came from nowhere. Uh, he ended up with 33% of the overall vote. Big surprise. Uh, huge libertarian, huge uh, supporter of Bitcoin. Not part of his platform is to go ahead and use Bitcoin as legal tender in the country. However, uh, big supporter of Bitcoin. But he also wants to go ahead and dollarize, yes, U.S. dollarize his economy. He wants to abolish his central bank. He wants to go ahead and get rid of the Argentine peso and essentially become, you know, for all intents and purposes, a USD country and effectively get rid of his entire financial or, you know, uh, monetary system in his country. Um, And he sees this as being, you know, the best way towards Uh, success for his country in the future because the dollar is worldwide recognized it has stability and his country could go ahead and focus on the things that they are rich in which is you know a lot of resources soy oil and gas um, and be able to go ahead and chart a future uh, for his country and for its citizens so uh, the case in point here is is that yes you go ahead and write off Argentina as being it's certainly not as small as El Salvador right it is a large economy majority of the citizens live in Buenos Aires province uh incredibly large landmass, um and meaningful in in the overall sense of Latin America it, it, if this guy and, and there's no there's no assurances that this guy is going to win the election but he he won the primaries uh handily as a matter of fact
2: so um this is a a point so, of so, a country that's so essentially a country that doesn't like a country that doesn't like the U.S. is still dollarizing its own currency it's like even if you don't like the U.S., even despite what the U.S. did with, with them weaponizing the U.S. dollar, we just have no choice at the moment. If, you know, I know the, the the percent of the reserve currency has dropped, but it's still 60-whatever percent. Um, so, David, I think this is the point you're making, and I kind of do want to wrap up the show and and kind of asking one question to Eugene and, and Marty, if you don't mind, David. I'll let you wrap up um, as a last comment as well on that same question. Is Eugene, um, the question to you is obviously any comments you have, but also – in general everything we've discussed today and, and in previous shows um you know your thoughts on the markets so your thought you know the, the, we started the show talking about how bitcoin for the f- third time ever is below this average and that average 200 day average whatever 200 weekly average and uh, whatever scott said um and you know everyone's suddenly pessimistic now um i want to get your thoughts on the markets and while eugene's doing that tomorrow we have one of our one of my favorite sponsors we've had for a long time you should check out the pin tweet to get a and uh, not a sponsor, sorry. We're partnering with a company, it's more than a sponsor. You should check out the pinned tweet. Uh, a company called DOP. This allows you to decide whether to make your transactions on the blockchain public or not. Uh, which kind of linked to our initial conversation of the quote-unquote leak from FriendTech. So if you want to check out that company, highly recommend it. It's yeah, I think above. also.
1: Yeah, just to be clear, because like we're kind of passionate about it. Tomorrow, the whole topic is likely going to be. Uh, Privacy, we're working on that, which I think is really important. It's good timing, anyone, especially
2: with the whole tech yeah. thing.
1: Yeah. Are we uh, talking we, about BLP now? With this. I can talk about I them now. Saw, Michael, one second, buddy. And uh, I, I just saw that uh, Solana, um, there's a protocol on Solana. I was just sharing it in the group. Now I don't have it in front of me that just allowed uh, basically private swaps. So we are seeing this uh, interesting movement towards more privacy, which I think is really important. Uh, DOP, which is what you were talking about above. I've been looking into it pretty deeply. It's part of uh, Um They're doing really, just really interesting things with uh, creating basically a private decentralized internet. But this allows you with DOT to basically, you know, if you send a transaction, everybody knows that once you send a crypto transaction, it's supposed to be good for criminals, right? But once you send it, somebody can look at your address and see everything you've ever done, right? And this allows you effectively to push a button and abstract that away completely so that they can't access your past data when you send a transaction back and forth. I mean, very simple conceptually, but massively important for anyone who transacts on blockchain. So that's why we've chosen to kind of like um, start discussing them, just all very passionate about it. But uh, And like I said, that's going to really lead us to do this as a topic tomorrow, because I mean, I for one just believe that this privacy aspect is extremely important, especially in a world where we're moving towards. Central bank digital currencies. We know that big tech is uh, farming all of our data. We're, uh, you know, we got World Mobile out here scanning eyeballs for shit coins. I mean, it's a train wreck. So um, I think that anyone who's moving more in the direction of privacy is worth our time to discuss.
2: Yeah. And, and, uh, so do you call it World Mobile? Uh, you call it something else, no? No, I'm guy. Tell you scanning that. guy-
1: i'm talking about uh, sam altman what uh, world
2: yeah Coin. yeah Did i say world world mobile world mobile yeah. is awesome. one of our, our sponsors world <laughs>
1: awesome uh, just track that um, I'm talking about world Coin yeah yeah so, so well, yeah.
2: funny enough talking about privacy before going to eugene and marty to wrap things up for us and and david um you're talking about privacy i, I thought privacy was overrated and dead until i got fucked pretty badly by not caring about privacy so i'm pretty pretty keen for tomorrow's episode um But yeah, Eugene, uh, going back to the question, obviously wrapping up, any thoughts you had, but also just a general thoughts on the market? Anyone just uh, crying right now thinking that the RAND's uh, raging bull market is dead, which obviously is too early to say that, but people are feeling that.
6: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think this is a very uh, important topic to be discussing. And I'd say the overall thing to consider, you know, is one thing is somebody mentioned, I think it was Nick mentioned uh, crypto plumbing, the plumbing of the current financial system based in Swift from decades ago. Other people have talked about it, but I mean, even talking about the sponsor for tomorrow, about privacy and the innovations happening just in the crypto space, the plumbing is so great, right? It's almost like we have this amazing plumbing, but no, no use cases yet, or at least no, no uh, you know, sort of uh, globalized use cases on a mass scale. Um, but our plumbing is fantastic. So I think it's like, would you rather bet on Swift and uh, ACH, um, you know, on a go forward multi-decade basis, or would you rather, uh, you know, have an innovative you know, tech-based approach uh, to, uh, you know, the global financial system. I I think for for most of us, the answer is probably uh, the latter, as long as you can get stability, obviously. Right now, the problem is stability. Uh, and reliability on on the crypto plumbing system, Um, but uh, not the plumbing itself, but actually the way that people are using the plumbing, right, for scams and all all sorts of other things. So I think that's those positive things. And the interesting thing is maybe it's not even Bitcoin, maybe it's a different one, Uh, you know, maybe it's a different L1, it could be the lightning L2 on Bitcoins, or even Bitcoin ordinals, uh, you know, is itself is talking is sort of innovating, you know, on the core Bitcoin L1 itself. So I'm just saying that I think that that's something that I would rather bet on. And DeFi, you know, someone was mentioning about credit creation. Well, DeFi, there's tons of credit creation on DeFi, and it's secure. And it's, you know, basically, you know, as long as you don't have hacks and things like that, it basically is uh, uh, secure in a way that, you know, general, um, you know, uh, sort, sort of uh, other ways of, of lending are not, right? To look at the fractional reserve banking system and the issues we've had with SVB, etc. So, what you know, you asked the question earlier, Mario, what will it take uh, to change the reserve currency? And I think people, so Ray Daly and others have looked at this, right, over hundreds of years. I mean, he's not the only one, but... I mean, basically, the reserve currency is the last domino to fall. And this is looking at, like, the Dutch Gilder, a reserve currency in the past, the Habsburg, Spain's, uh, you know, dominance as a reserve currency and looking at the British pound and now, of course, the U.S. dollar. And you have, you know, your military centers falling, your economic capital falling, your, your innovation technology falling way before your reserve currency, your reserve FX status. So the answer is probably decades at the very least, uh, if not longer, for the U.S. dollar reserve currency to fall. And you would probably expect to see a major war. And Ukraine is obviously a terrible war. You probably see a much, much bigger war before you see the US dollar uh, falling as a reserve currency status. I mean, that's just I mean, if you believe in history, right? I mean, of course, history rhymes doesn't repeat. So perhaps we'll see a different world. Um, yeah, I think that we all world... agree
1: it's inevitable. Right. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt. I thought you were done. I'm just saying we all agree it, it is, is inevitable. inevitable. It's the time frame that uh, matters, right? Is it uh, if it's 400 years, it's not that relevant for our conversation. Yeah. Is
2: it, it going to be? Is it going to be in my lifetime or Scott's lifetime? So my lifetime in 400 years, Scott's lifetime in the next 20 years. That will. Oh, be the I forgot. Question. You're
1: going to live forever because you're currently
6: <laughs> exactly. No, <freezing, freezing laughs> so, your Mario's AI, around. so he'll be so, around for a long time. <laughs> Um, we'll, all be, we'll all be AI bots, you know, sometime in the indeterminate the, in the future. No, but Mario but, yeah, will be knows.
1: controlling the AI because he's freezing himself right now as we speak to live for 7,000 years.
9: Cryogenics. Yeah. Well, uh, so like some of us will
1: see
2: it. Let, Let's get the final thoughts. Marty, David, uh, final thoughts on the topic. Uh, yeah, I just want
5: to touch on the uh, the Bitcoin situation. I don't see a big problem. I'm a big believer in the Fibonacci 0.5 median rule. And from the bottom, it's 16,000. To the top, it's touching 32, halfway is 24. So if we're anywhere above 24, we're still bullish. Anyway, moving on, uh, let me finish off what I started there. So there are two points to the to the BRICS discussions going on over the next two days. Uh, let's be very clear that currently there's only a few in BRICS. We can talk about that. But there's 20 applications and 40 after that. If you look at BRICS right now, um, let me just get some a little notes here. We're looking at... Uh, 415 of the global population currently is in the BRICS nations. That's without the 20 new applicants and the 40 applicants after that. If those are all accepted, that's 81% of the world's population will be under BRICS. So just just, uh, take note of that. The two topics they're going to discuss in BRICS will be a BRICS payment system and a BRICS currency. Uh, We've already discussed uh, with the other gentleman, also reiterated, the payment system is the most important in order to get off SWIFT as soon as possible. And uh, Russia and China have already started using alternatives. And in my opinion, it's already decided that it will be Bitcoin. I know it's going to be controversial. I'm not from the U.S. Um, Outside of the U.S., it's already been established that that is what is going to be happening. So if you look at Russia and China's initiatives in Bitcoin and understand uh, the polarization within the U.S. news as well from the public as to what's actually going on in Bitcoin, um, you'll understand that the U.S. now has 31% of the hash rate. Russia has 15% and China has 33%, okay? That's including, China's including uh, um, their 88% usage of the S-19 miner in the global hash rate, 86%. So Chinese Chinese control the hardware that mines 86% and validates 86% of the network. That's not a coincidence. Also understand that Russia just uh, opened up a huge nuclear facility, in the northern part of Russia, together with Rosatom, their major utility uh, provider, and Bit River. If you're aware, Bit River is their big uh, mining, Bitcoin mining uh, operation. They now have 1.5 gigawatts of mining capacity opening up. The US's total is 2.75. Put that together with China, they already are bigger than the US in terms of gigawatt hours, But that's hour. not the
1: country that's miners in the, like the United States is not mining Bitcoin. It's complete false equivalency, I'm sorry. These are private companies in the United States that are mining Bitcoin. The United States government does not control that. It's not the United States versus these other countries in that what regard.
5: What hardware are they mining on in, in the US? Excuse me? What hardware are they using in the US to mine why, Bitcoin? Why
1: does that matter? Okay. Uh, um,
5: d- um, So the payment system in 2010, they started BRICS Interbank um, Cooperation Mechanism. So it's actually been going for 13 years, this uh, research project. And uh, they actually built a system you can go to. It's called bricspay.com. It's very rudimentary. But uh, as we said, that's going to take over from Swift. Um, They are exploring other options. XRP is definitely part of it. If you understand that all the alternatives that exist for Swift are Fedwire, which is FedNow, the US Fedwire
1: Fed is only domestic. Just to be clear, i am am a I'm a hundred percent. Scott, what do you think? I would so, love it. that that Bricks is hot trash and is not a thing that we never ever ever are talking <laughs> uh, about it again ever. XRP, 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 XRP. Yeah,
5: Tiffany in the discussion for the Bricks payment system, along with Fedwire, it's on Good the. Good
1: <laughs> luck, Bricks. Good luck, Bricks. Have fun. Have fun staying poor, Bricks. Sorry. Bricks is a joke. I'm I'm 100 convinced. If 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 there's a real conversation that XRP is going to be the global world reserve currency as a function of Bricks, then we have gone. Uh, we all we all might as well go sell ourselves for scraps on friend tech. Dude, we're going to be even
0: true social to move value. Is what I'm thinking.
1: I'm talking
5: about the talking points in the presentation at Bricks today. Do you want to know or not, Scott?
1: Uh, I, I guess.
5: Okay, we'll just uh keep quiet for a second. The
1: okay. Second Bye. Brick- Bye. 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 See you later.
2: Bye. Alright guys, on that on that point, I'm gonna I'm gonna, gonna buying the US dollar as we speak. <laughs> oh uh, man, that reminds dollar. me that reminds me of this space we had about NFTs where everyone is so bleak and they're talking about NFTs like they're dead and they moved on. And then I uh, see you come out of nowhere like Mario, it's like you started the space saying, fuck NFTs and PFPs. And then the space is ending, like, Mario, I'm aping in this shit. And then today I just see you got
1: aping in the US dollar. Um, but guys, I just <laughs> thought that point- somebody bought, somebody bought, uh, swept like 20 bathing, ape, uh, uh, board apes, I said bathing, it, board, swept 20 board apes for like a million dollars yesterday, I swept the floor with 20 of them. And I laughed, I said, I remember when one <laughs> cost a million dollars. That was me, by the way.
2: The Good floor, job, the floor, the floor, the floor, and NFTs got got screwed, by the way. Um, look, I think we've talked enough about bricks. I don't think we'll be talking about bricks for a really long time. We'll talk about bricks when the the reserve currency or the bricks uh, currency, whatever you want to call it, is uh, let's say thirty percent. So, um, in uh, in my lifetime, not Scott. We'll talk. Well, about I'm it hearing we're going to
0: use rice. You hear about
2: um, that at all? Rice.
1: Okay, Danish.
2: Hi, <laughs> right, guys. I think this is it for today. Um, tomorrow, we we'll are talking about privacy, um, and we're going to have our partner come on stage, um, a DOP, DLP, sorry, DOP, not DLP. So I'm going to be talking privacy on the blockchain. Um, I think that's it for today. Uh, I'm ending on a positive note, and I'm glad Scott's in a good mood. Thanks hey, everyone. Hey, Mario,
0: can we just give a shout out again to CoinX from the other day? By the way, they uh, they reached out to me. Uh, um, and, I wouldn't, and I, said, wouldn't no,
2: I wouldn't, do do that. No I cares. wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're pushing a lot of buttons today, yeah, Michael. He, he also just, he also just <laughs> fell
1: off stage. Coincidentally, it was just the stage was short and there was an end to it, and he fell off. I'm sorry.
7: <laughs> everyone.